Must say you look ravishing tonight. Oh my, you're a tiny thing, but awfully cute. Tell me about yourself. Well, I'm in the food service business. I'm a bit of a restaurateur. I'm the founder and owner of the Chum Bucket. Never heard of it. It's across the street. Doesn't ring a bell. It's on the back of the phone book. Come on, I paid a lot of money for that ad. Never mind, never mind. I'd like to hear about you. Well... Like the crabs! Yo, Jane! Mommy? Mommy? SpongeBob! SpongeBob? This delectable creature is your mother? This no-good conniving chiseler is your date? to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and it has been quite a week since we last spoke. And let me tell you, last week's episode, it, it was a miracle to get that recorded and out on Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, and I hope yours was comfortable. I hope you at least had fun, you ate something nice, you had some friends and family around. Uh, but uh, what happened the day afterwards was... One for the books. It certainly took up a chunk of the newest episode of This Week in Nickelodeon History to go over, but I wanted to make sure that I would not forget probably one of the most memorable Black Fridays I'll ever have. If you would like to know what happened on my Black Friday, you can find out on episode 36 of This Week in Nickelodeon History, titled Big Time Penguins of Madagascar. Of course, covering both Big Time Rush and Penguins of Madagascar celebrating anniversaries on that episode. Among Pinwheel, which is also celebrating its anniversary this week, and for those that don't know, Pinwheel is the very first Nickelodeon show. It's the show, it was the seed that helped birth Nickelodeon, essentially. So among this episode covering some very important Nickelodeon history, it also covers some very important Captain Eric history, so... I'll have that link in the podcast description below if you would like to check that out. It certainly was uh, was a day to remember. Black Friday, though, is completely different now than it was even 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's, it's crazy how it's evolved. And for the better. For the better in the sake that they've just extended the deals beyond that one day. You can actually enjoy your Thanksgiving, your turkey day, your your day off. You don't have to worry about waking up at 3 in the morning, waiting in a line. Maybe there's still some doorbusters on the actual Friday itself, but across the board, everything has transitioned to online. Cyber Monday is, is bigger and bigger every single year, so on my end, as a retail worker, it certainly was a smooth Black Friday amongst ones that were not as smooth in the past. But I'm uh, I'm through it. Thanksgiving is essentially the eye of the storm when it comes to these end-of-year holidays. The beginning is Halloween, and you set up Halloween for one month to then frantically take it down throughout the next month, celebrate Thanksgiving, or however you celebrate, and then right into the holiday season of December, which has a multitude of different holidays, 
the the biggest among them is is of course Christmas in uh, in this part of the world, but I'm sure there are different celebrations that take place in the December season throughout all throughout the world with different names for different purposes for different reasons. It's a busy month, and it's the end of the year, so it's a it's a celebration even in its own right. So this is the uh, the calming period before things then kind of uh, go through its traditional holiday cycle. And then we'll we'll be back here in January starting it all over again. But we're not we're not there yet. I'm not even recording this in December. It may actually no, it's releasing before December. So this is our final pre December podcast before we get into the swing of things. So let's start this episode with the SpongeBob episode of the day. It is Enemy in Law. First half of the 67th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. It first premiered on October 14th, 2005. It was storyboard directed by Luke Brookshire and Tom King and was also written alongside the two with Tim Hill. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom. Our technical director is Vincent Waller. And our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. Woo! Coming out of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie into this new era of SpongeBob, if you would have asked me as a fan, hey, what's something you would like to see more out of the show of? What's something you want to see? Among the few answers I would have, it would be to feature not more than they, they should have, but use some of those side characters that you have, that you have showed off as a side bit in an episode, and actually use them for an episode. You you never know what you're going to come up with. Mrs. Krabs is a character that we have not really had the chance to hang out with for a long period of time. Her, her one main appearance up to this point is in the episode Midlife Crustacean, which, of course, I can't tell you as of the recording of this episode to go and stream on Paramount Plus or any other service. Because it's just one of those episodes that, because of this one moment, it's been scrubbed. Even though, among what's left over on any of these streaming services I can mention that carry SpongeBob SquarePants, are children-accessible shows and content that I I don't think would be a subjective thing, more of an, more of an objective thing to say, would be more damaging for a kid to find than this uh, part of an episode that is 20 years old, pretty much, almost at this point. My goodness. But the ending of Midlife Crustacean, for those that don't know, who maybe have never seen this episode before, includes what is SpongeBob and Patrick's last-ditch effort to get some youth out of Mr. Krabs over their night of childlike shenanigans. And the comedy, I shouldn't have to lay it out, comes from... The fact that Spongebob and Patrick as characters would not normally be the ones to come up with an idea like this. And after everything you've seen thus far of what they they planned for their evening of debauchery and, and fun, and they were building it up like it was going to be a massive night. And if you line everything up they've done, knowing the characters, the fact that Patrick and Spongebob 
are planning to go on a panty raid. The what? I said panty raid. Panty raid? Panty raid. You're talking about girls, right? Yeah. And you're talking about raiding their dressers for their underpants, right? Uh-huh. Well, count me in. Which is the idea of rummaging through the the underwear of someone. I guess, you know, the word panty would would give the idea that it specifically has to be panties and therefore may make a judgment on on someone's identity, but hey, look, you could still go through somebody's drawer of boxer briefs and I would still consider it a panty raid. Not even because of this episode. I knew of that concept before I saw this episode. When Patrick first said panty raid, for some reason, I not that I ever did it myself, I just knew from some media, a movie, uh, a TV show, or, or something elsewhere. It could have been, I read a lot of Mad Magazine in the 90s, so there, there could have been something in there, but I knew of the concept of the panty raid. And I'm not going to apologize over the the overuse of the word panty. I, I know it's like one of the words that people really get upset about and they don't like hearing, but it, it's it's been said on Nickelodeon, for Christ's sake. I can say it on I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Panties! All right, we got that out of the way. The giggling can can subside. So, yeah, Mrs. Krabs, um, the, the joke of that episode is that SpongeBob and Patrick come up with this idea, this this late-in-the-game idea to go on a panty raid. Mr. Krabs is shocked at the revelation, agrees to go on this panty raid, somehow doesn't realize that they're breaking into his own mother's house because the panties that SpongeBob and Patrick apparently always go to are that of Betsy Krabs. Poor, poor old Betsy Krabs here. Mrs. Krabs, I don't know, I didn't hear the name Betsy uttered in this episode, and I don't think she was given that first name yet, so, but still, nonetheless, her one appearance is being embarrassed by these, these hoodlums, these break-ins, and then her son going through her Chester drawers, bringing out her drawers, presenting them, and then forces him to sleep in his bedroom if he's going to act like a child. He's going to get punished like a child. It's one of my favorite episodes of the show. And so Mrs. Krabs as a character would be someone that I, I would want to feature at least one other time. If I was asked as a writer, going back to that original idea, hey, what are some ideas that you would like to see at a SpongeBob moving forward? I would love to feature characters that really didn't get much more than a moment like Mrs. Krabs. And boy, does Mrs. Krabs get a moment to shine in this episode, as does our co-star for this episode, Plankton. This is actually a shocking Plankton episode. Up to a certain point, then it just becomes par the course before taking one extra little detour. But the episode starts out with Plankton using his chum bot, this giant robot that is somewhat shaped like him, but it's an all-silver robot that is going around Bikini Bottom and just gathering up citizens. It's stealing all of these people, delivering them to the chum bucket, and just dumping them into the lobby where Plankton is there to greet them. Oh, new customers. Well, 
Welcome to the Chum Bucket. The people obviously realize after a moment or two that uh that this is this they were just kidnapped for this guy to just try to sell them food. And the people just walk right out of the chum bucket. Plankton is ruthless enough to create a robot. Design and build and create a robot that can go through the town of Bikini Bottom, the city, steal all these people, and hand deliver them back to the restaurant. Yet he has no other method to stop these people from leaving. Does he have some weird moral code where he, he doesn't want to force the purchase of his food, but he does want to force the patronage to at least come into his restaurant? I feel like it's this ego of of business owners who may feel like if people would simply just come in through the door, give this place a chance, they would buy something. And it, it doesn't happen. It certainly obviously can help a sale for somebody to walk through your door. But the idea that all it takes is to just deliver a pile of customers in your in your building and all of a sudden they're just going to want to spend their money, it, it doesn't work out that way. And in the same way, an entire group of people can come into your business and not spend a dime. It, it does happen. So I, I just don't know why Plankton... You know, he has the moral he has the moral compass to not force the sale, not force them from leaving, not do anything else but but the idea of just the kidnapping, which Karen brings up, his computer wife, and starts an argument, which Plankton seemingly has no time for. As he looks out of the window of the chum bucket, he notices Mrs. Krabs leaving the chum bucket after a, a quick meeting with her son, it is easily established in this opening shot of the Krusty Krab that uh, Mrs. Krabs and the relationship with her son is that of any time she shows up, she seemingly is asking for money or asking for, for new things from her son. She knows he's a successful business owner who has a lot of money who clearly does not want to spend really much more than he needs to on his mom, which is a shame because I I would do the exact opposite. I don't mean to be a suck up. And if my mom happens to be listening to this, it, it's not a, it, it's not, you know, hyperbole to say that if I was in Mr. Krabs's position with a truly successful, undeniably successful business, if my mom walked in and wanted a new hat, I would get my mom a new hat. That's just that's just how it is. But Mr. Krabs thinks differently, and uh, we can we can only judge so much. As Plankton sees Mrs. Krabs, he immediately falls in love with her without even knowing who she is. He pulls down the telescope, and we get one of two shots of a realistic element put with inside of SpongeBob. And this one had me. I I always forget about this shot coming up. I was laughing so hard. He pulls down the telescope, looks inside of it. Um, I forgot what he says. He says something really, like, steamy about what he's looking at. And we get to see what the inside of the telescope is seeing. And it's just actual footage of a crab on the seafloor. And it's, I, I love it. I love jokes like that. I felt between the two in this episode, 
that's that's close to overdoing it. I really feel like three would have been way too much, but it's it's a nice realistic shot of this crab here. And Plankton is immediately in love with this woman. Karen finds out about this and continues on this argument where it gets really uncomfortable if you happen to be a fan of Karen the character. Um, Plankton reminds Karen that she's not real, that she is a robot, and that, that you know, wife, when he calls her his wife, he's not even referring to a married spouse. Wife apparently stands for wired, integrated, female, electroencephalograph, which is an actual machine that is used to conduct electric activity in the brain. So I I have no idea how Karen was built. They've never really shown that off and in the show that much, and it's not really a, a thing we need to know about. But the character of Karen seems to be um, of the ability of more thought than your average AI. And we have seen Plankton unplug her before, but never in this way. Back in uh, Plankton's army, when she was making fun of of the Sheldon bit of learning his first name and just overly making fun of him about it, I believe he unplugs her. Which I know is shocking, but I I always took that as, as at least that screen with Karen was unplugged. Not like the entire computer running Karen was shut off. Even if you take it in that way, where, where Karen was shut off before, this one is a bit more intimidating, where Plankton is is right next to the off switch. He actually comes up with the... Uh, the notion that he doesn't even know that there's an off switch. He, he's like, I wish you had an off switch. So that's what even makes me believe that the whole unplugging is just that one screen and she can pop up in, in one of her little portable screens or in one of her other devices. But then Plankton discovers the legitimate off switch for Karen. And not only is just being ruthlessly mean with her, she's not real, you're not my wife, or you're not a wife in that regard, and here's your off switch. I'm going to press it. it. It just hit a bit differently. I don't know. Definitely uh, a moment for Plankton, but he is thinking with his heart. He actually has a moment uh, earlier when he first discovers Mrs. Krabs where he, he contemplates about uh, having an actual relationship, having an actual life with someone who is is physical and real and not a machine. And here he is now expressing his love to Mrs. Krabs. His attempt at wooing Mrs. Krabs is by sending his chumbot to kidnap her and not just like pick her up off the street as she's uh walking, but the woman is sleeping in her bed and the robot just barges in through her window and takes her right out of bed. I actually want to give a huge shout out to voice actor Serena Irwin, who has played a multitude of characters uh, in her career, but also even just on SpongeBob SquarePants, playing the ice cream woman from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, but also has played the granny who, who you know, snail-napped Gary or found him on the street, 
of uh, Have You Seen This Snail, an episode we just covered, but also plays Mrs. Krabs in this episode, Mrs. Squarepants, but is the voice of the magic conch shell, who I had as a part of a of an ad for I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast uh, for its earlier seasons. So I can't thank you enough for your voice, Serena, for being a part of my podcast in some way. But also, you may recognize Serena for playing Minnie Mermaid in live action form during Patchy the Pirate's uh, house party that he threw when he had Minnie in a little a little pool of water inside of his uh, house there. So Serena, and that's just the icing on the cake of the amount of characters that Serena has played, not only for SpongeBob SquarePants, but for Camp Coral and a multitude of other shows out there. I would definitely give her IMDb a look, her Wikipedia. Uh, you would be shocked. I would say if you are ever interested in a voice, go down the rabbit hole of someone's career. You are always going to find yourself some project, whether it's a, a movie or a television show, whether they used their voice or were in something in a live action sense that you may not have recognized and put two and two together as the same person or doing the same voice. You may not know that Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War is the same voice as Jake the Dog from Adventure Time. So yeah, go down someone's career. Huge shout out to Serena Irwin. Absolutely picking up the slack in terms of elderly characters on SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, so thank you for all of your work that you have done on the show. You have added such uh, an unspoken, beautiful level to the world of SpongeBob SquarePants. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you around. The shell knows all. Oh, magic conch shell, what do we need to do to get out of the kelp forest? Nothing. The shell has spoken. Sorry, I had to take a drink of coffee there. It was, it was sitting there eyeballing me for a long time, and I really wanted to drink it. But, um, yeah, the robot, you know, it's one thing to be woken up. Being woken up is terrible, especially when you're not expecting it. But to be forcibly taken out of your bed in such a manner, I got to imagine, is one of the worst ways to wake up in the morning that, that you can think of. Plankton at first, now, he was remotely controlling the robot before when he was kidnapping the citizens. In, in this instance, he is actually inside of the chumbot controlling all of its movements at first, tries off some poetry. Roses are red, violets are blue, world domination has nothing on you. Which, of course, goes off in glorious fashion. I just gotta say, if I was kidnapped, and my kidnapper started serenading me with a poem they wrote, I would stop screaming. Mrs. Krabs is, is obviously freaking out over this entire situation. Plankton scrambles, tries something new, uses the laser of the Chumbot to burn a message of love into the ground, which still does not work on Mrs. Krabs. She's still screaming for her life. What is going on here? I, I gave this woman some poetry. I, I serenaded her with some letters on the ground. What else does she want? With one karate chop of the Chumbot, Onto a giant boulder. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. A rock. Yes, a man. What 
where as the pieces crumble down, the appearance of Mrs. Krabs in its remaining uh, uh, way is exposed, this giant rock formation that now looks like, like Betsy. And she immediately stops screaming to admire the beauty of the art of, of what this chum bot was able to do with all of the destruction of Bikini Bottom surrounding her. I, I laughed at this moment. It, it genuinely was funny to see just after everything she has seen and gone through that that level of, uh, of admiration from someone could make her go like, oh, yeah, wait, I'm paying attention to this. Watch this. Back at home, Plankton decides to give it a try, call up Betsy, and actually ask her out on an official date. And now that I know her number, <laughs> I'm gonna be your new stepdaddy, Krabs. Woo! All right, all right. Error of my ways. I see that uh, that number doesn't work on traditional telephones. Well then, it's only six digits. Seven nine one three four seven. Plankton calls up Mrs. Krabs, not only tells her that he is the one behind the chumbot that has been showering her with gifts and all of this admiration, but it's also shown that Plankton has somehow bugged Mrs. Krabs's home with surveillance cameras and and microphones, which he was able to use and apparently catch on to a gift that Mrs. Krabs was looking into because he sent her the exact gift that she was looking for and even asked him, how did you know? It's like you're spying on me or something. And it's actually shown off like a, a creepy little William Afton here that he's just watching in on her. Plankton is creepy. This is, this is one thing. And then there's kidnapping. I, I have no idea what to think of about Plankton in this episode, because up to this point, I genuinely believe that Plankton is in love with Mrs. Krabs, and he actually has no idea that she is Mr. Krabs's mom, which makes the reveal even more hilarious. So the date is set, Krusty Krab at 8 p.m. Mrs. Krabs goes off to the Krusty Krab and essentially asks her son if she could have this date here, I'm guessing the Krusty Krab closes before 8 p.m. So I'm seven. Sounds about right. And they want to remain open for this uh, this dinner for her and her admirer. She has no idea what this guy looks like. And other than his information that he'll be the tall one in, in the red corsage that she should be looking for, she has no other idea on who's going to be showing up. She asks her son, who obliges, and demands that Spongebob works late for this event. And I gotta say, for Mr. Krabs and his greed in this situation, because in this conversation he brings up his fear over her using his inheritance to buy fashion, he saw the new hat in her head and said, wait a minute, you bought something on your own? You're using my inheritance. That's one of the greediest things. We have seen Mr. Krabs do some greedy stuff up to this point, and it's one of the greediest, but even given all of that, the fact that I'm sure he had SpongeBob set it up, but the fact that he would lend over his restaurant and 
let it get spruced up to the point that it was in Squilliam Returns, where SpongeBob flushed out everything in his brain other than fine dining and breathing. And it seems that since that episode, SpongeBob has retained some of that information about fine dining. So it's good to see that he's able to at least turn that up a little bit and he's not going to go completely haywire. He's able to decorate the restaurant. It looks beautiful. He's able to take care of Plankton, who shows up completely covered by the flower. And I, I love that he stuck to himself and didn't try to create a device to make himself taller, to, to fake his appearance. He just showed up as is for his date with Mrs. Krabs, who also shows up. And it seems like they're having a wonderful date, except for the fact that Mrs. Krabs has no idea that the Chum Bucket even exists, even after being pointed out that it literally is right across the street from her own son's restaurant. She has never heard of it once. And Plankton also pays for an ad that I have to imagine does not work out in any way because he has to literally kidnap people to try to get customers but Plankton pays for an ad on the back of the phone book that says, eat or die. I I gotta say, I don't think anybody is uh, taking your threats very seriously, Plankton. If, uh, if, if you're still not able to get customers, even with an eat or die ad on the back of the phone book. And Mrs. Krabs still, no recollection of the chum bucket. But once Mr. Krabs comes into the room it is revealed that Plankton actually had no idea that Mrs. Krabs was Mr. Krabs' mom and is being berated by Mr. Krabs before someone steps in. Betsy Krabs steps up to her son Eugene to take his hands off of her boyfriend, which Plankton is actually elated to hear those words. I genuinely feel for Plankton in this episode. I, uh, I I like to see a character have alternative motives and it's just not always the same song and dance, you know? It's like when you see somebody like Elmer Fudd and it's not always him hunting. Sometimes he's out in the desert mining for gold and isn't going after animals but then still runs into Bugs Bunny. So I, I like when characters have different likes and dislikes and it's not always about the same song and dance. Mrs. Krabs and Plankton leave the establishment. I'm guessing going off to the chum bucket. Before later on that night, Mr. Krabs goes into the chum bucket to confront Plankton over his idea that Plankton is only dating his mom to get to the Krabby Patty secret formula. It is revealed that Betsy Krabs herself knows of the formula as it is a Krabs family secret. Plankton, up to this point, had no idea that Mrs. Krabs had the Krabby Patty secret formula. And right here is where I think the episode and Plankton took a massive pivot. He admits so later on, but I genuinely believe that Plankton was adamant with his love of Betsy Krabs up to this point moment in time when it's revealed that she actually just knows the formula. But as much as Plankton loves having a girlfriend, 
the unfortunate truth is there's nothing more in the world that he he desires more so than the Krabby Patty secret formula. This is twice now where Plankton was given a second chance beyond wanting that darn formula. The first time I can think of it is in fun, where SpongeBob gives Plankton multiple chances to show that he's changed and that all he really needed was a friend to, to distract him from this desire, and it didn't work. And Plankton decided, you know what, no, I really want this formula. And in this moment, too, he was genuine up to this point, and if he just stuck to his guns, who knows? Maybe with the budding relationship of Mrs. Krabs, she could aid with the chum bucket and help out his business a little bit. I know that that would be, you know, going against her son, but people in love do crazy things. You can find countless stories of parents completely disowning their kids for another lover, for somebody new, for... It's it's crazy. People are crazy. And who's to say that after some time of dating Plankton, Mrs. Krabs wouldn't, not necessarily saying give him the formula, but at least help him in some regard. But Plankton decides, nope. Now things are, are completely different, and uh, now I need to go after this formula. The next day at the Krusty Krab, Mrs. Krabs and Plankton join each other at the Krusty Krab before Plankton publicly pronounces his love for Mrs. Krabs and would love to take this relationship to the next level and is asking for her hand in marriage. He wants... Mr. Krabs as his new stepson. And even though Plankton and Mr. Krabs have at it yet again, it's actually revealed that Mrs. Krabs was actually not really that jazzed with their relationship going this fast. And in fact, has herself a secret admirer that she's been uh, kind of eyeballing from the sidelines and isn't actually interested in dating Plankton anymore. It's revealed and it's, it's incredibly silly, but at the same time, it's a great bookend to Plankton and his relationship where it's revealed that the Chumbot is actually the one secretly dating Mrs. Krabs behind the scenes and comes in, mentions how awkward this is. And it's it's weird at first, but then when you think about it, Plankton's dating a machine. Mrs. Krabs is dating a machine. Eh, what are you going to do? God. Plankton does admit to my suspicions and the fact that he actually did at one point in this episode just love Mrs. Krabs for her, found her beautiful, legitimately enjoyed being around her, but it's that allure of the Krabby Patty that just can't stop him. And she exposes her anchor arms in Popeye style where her bicep just explodes up and we get a realistic shot of uh, an actual battleship just shooting off its cannons. That's the, the second live action shot I mentioned earlier after they used the uh, the crabs. It's a nice little nod to Popeye because that, that was almost the way Popeye would kind of threaten people. And Mrs. Krabs with one good smack, well, punch really, sends Plankton all the way back to the chum bucket where he flies right into the on switch turning on Karen, Giggity. where they just go back to the same old argument they were having earlier, and life goes on for Plankton. 
he he had a chance to actually have a love life in this episode, and he chose his nefarious ways. I have no sympathy that he has to end up in the same position he started in at the end of this episode. But if Plankton wasn't Plankton, we wouldn't love him as much as we do. There is something about that guy who can't get that allure of success out of his way and is blinded by it, even by the easier paths that could lead to a happier life. There's something to say about that. I don't think it's going to be said here in this in this form, in this fashion, but one of these days it might be said. I don't know if I could date the mother of someone I didn't get along with. It, it would have to be a situation that happens here where I, I didn't know about it ahead of time and, you know... Who knows how, how long in you find out, and then it's like, well, at this point, I'm I'm invested, possibly. I don't know if it's after the first date, find that information out. I, I don't know if I could be a part of that. I, I want to have a happy family. I wouldn't want to have that animosity that comes along, you know, with whatever beef I'm having with somebody into that relationship. It's not healthy. Doesn't sound like a fun time, and I genuinely would want a happy family. I want a happy family. I I love the family members I have. I love when we can get together. That's what the holidays are about. If if at all, you don't even have to celebrate whatever the holiday is. If it's a reason to just get people you love together in a room, hey, that's that's what it's all about. And I wish I could get all of you together in a room and tell you how much I love and appreciate you. But that's just not possible. This ship is not built actually, and it's only a virtual means. So for all of you out there listening to this right now, I love and appreciate you. Thank you for joining me along in this episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Please follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. But the two biggest ways you can show your support for the captain are as such. First off, subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. You can certainly sign up for notifications by hitting that bell if you would like to, but if not, no problem. I'll be uploading more so on YouTube, always throwing exclusive video content on there, so if you enjoy any of the audio stuff, well, come on. Come on aboard. It's going to be fun. The other means is a little bit more on your end, but you have some decision-making on whatever you'd like to do. Head over to the Redbubble link in the podcast description below. I have been using Redbubble for years as an artist and, and uploading so many different shirt designs on different accounts, but the one in the podcast description below is all for Captain Eric. You can find many of the logos I've used for my podcasts and some art that I will be uploading there soon that you can put on a multitude of different products, stickers, t-shirts, hats, duvet covers, anything. And if you show your support, anything that comes in through my projects, Go directly back into my projects, and it is always appreciated. Your time is appreciated among all else, but if anyone is able to support Captain Eric, of course, I'll love you for life. Try not to fall in love with your uh, enemies, moms, or dads out there. I mean, you can only do so much with, with the heart. You can only tell it so much before it feels the need to go out and, and explore, but just be careful out there. Remember that in the back of your head the next time you're looking at your enemy's mom or dad 
And just remember what Captain Eric said. This isn't the time. This isn't the place. Look elsewhere. Until next time, mateys. Stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. You owe me for leading me on like this. Give me the Krabby Patty formula and we'll call it even. The formula? Is that what this whole thing was about? No, no, not really. I mean, not at first. I, I mean, uh, honey bunch? Uh-oh. Oh, well, tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all!